Hey everyone, Coach Megan here, and today we're going to be talking about our favorite word, branding. Now, most people either love or absolutely positively hate that word when I say it, and today we're going to be breaking down exactly why, really, it is something that you're already doing every single day, but you may just not have the right language to accurately describe and really thrive within a brand that is thought through and really considered. So we're going to make it super practical. You're going to walk away feeling empowered today. And for those of my fellow brand haters like me a couple years ago, I think you're going to have a lot of freedom in feeling like you can really do this. So with that, we're going to get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, Coach Megan here and welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. As promised, we are going to be talking all about branding and messaging today. And I'm super excited. As I said in the intro, most people either love or hate the word branding and homegirl over here used to be somebody who 150% used to absolutely hate the word branding. Um, do not scroll through my, well, actually you can't see it anymore, but if you did scroll through my social media back when I was Miss Nebraska MAO, um, the most atrocious social media probably ever. Um, interview or interview, uh, Instagram was way easier to grow on <laughs> at that time. But uh, I think I grew from like 500 followers to like 5,000 in like a year. And this is before Instagram stories even existed. So I think they they literally came out with Instagram stories like the year after my reign in 2015. So it's just crazy to see how branding and social media has become so important and pageantry so important in our day-to-day lives. And I really want to demystify what a brand even is and also what it's not and how even if you're not somebody who wants to be a professional social media or if you will, because I know that like it's just overwhelming and a lot of you guys don't engage in formulating a brand because it's just overwhelming, right? And you're like, I I don't have time. I have a full-time job or I'm in school and I don't want to look pretty every day. I don't want to put my hair and makeup on every day. Well, welcome to the club. You are in the right place. And today we're going to be talking all about brand and hopefully answering a bunch of y'all's questions about just kind of the convoluted nature of what the heck it even is. So we're going to dive in. Um, Number one, so what is a brand? To me, um, a brand is your voice. A brand is not just your aesthetic outside, but it's also the heartbeat behind your messaging, right? And this is why I wanted to collaborate with last week's um, podcast episode, which was super powerful and really tactical and easily applicable for you guys to instantly supercharge your it factor um, and everything that you bring to the table personally, which is which is awesome. So um, your brand, we're going to be continuing that conversation today and really helping you to understand that the brand is the outsides and the insides mixed together. Okay. So let's start with the outsides. And then of course, I like to get to the insides because I'm a life coach, right? So I can't help it. But um, so let's talk about the obvious, the brand. You think about a brand, a lot of people think about, okay, the colors that you use on Instagram. And that's certainly a part of it. Your aesthetic is something that is uniquely you. And the key word there is unique. So when you're trying to establish your brand, something really, really important to remember is that you are who you are and that out of the 7 billion people on this planet, you're the only person like you. Even my dad, who's an identical twin, is vastly different than his identical twin. And they still look alike to this day. They sound the same. They both have humongously loud laughs, which just is so healing and beautiful and amazing. Um, but they're different people. They even both worked in insurance forever and they're still very different people. Right. And so if you, if two identical twins who share DNA are also still different, then so are you. And so often what we do with trying to have a brand 
is we emulate people that we might admire, but that were really nothing like. And then we start to develop elements of who they are, what they are, how they speak, um, and how they dress. And it ends up feeling like we're wearing a monkey suit, you know, and that we, we feel uncomfortable or that we're pretending or that we have all these masks on. Um, especially if you are of certain personalities, they just tend to put masks on more than other people do who, um, just uh, like, for example, fours and eights, uh, don't struggle with that as much as threes or sixes do because, um, fours and eights have this like deep value of authenticity. Um, not that other people don't anyways, rabbit hole, but, um, threes and sixes are so good at adapting to situations, um, because of their hardwiring that sometimes they don't know when a mask is on and a mask is off. And don't get me wrong like emulating people is a really, really great thing to learn how to communicate like other people or to, um, emulate their confidence, emulate their, their tone, their patterns. We, we just did a mock interview a couple of days ago with a client who was here in town. And one of our judges actually said, you know, I'm going to start emulating. I learned a lot from you today. I love the, the pattern of which you speak and the cadence of which you speak. And she's like, I have a lot to learn from you in that way. And so um, with with situations like that, it's actually incredibly healthy and dynamic to um, adapt the pattern of other people. But what is really important when it comes to branding is first starting with self. And so we take all of our clients through a personal branding and styling exercise for this reason. And what we found over the last six years is that a lot of times women have not even stopped to just identify the key adjectives that they would even describe themselves by. And it's crazy because you think about you're going into a pageant, you're trying to, or a job interview or a dating relationship, or you're trying to set up your dating profile, you know, and you're trying to say, Hey, here's who I am world. Here's why you should like me. Here's why you should notice me. Here's why you should take me seriously. And yet we haven't even taken a second to know what those distinct differentiating key adjectives are to describe who we are and what we're all about. Right. And so there's something a little bit incongruent to that. Like how in the world do you expect to get to earn a super high paying job, to earn a key influence of role or people to follow you if you can't even describe that yourself. Like it's no wonder, right? So my suggestion to you would be to start with even defining what the heck you want that to be, right? Um, I always tell my clients, so I wear a lot of black, white, hot pink, um, like really bright colors because um, on the if you do like get your colors done, right. Which I'm going to be doing an official partnership with, um, house of color very soon. Actually, I'm really excited about, um, to confirm that I'm a winter, but I'm a winter. You guys can see if you're watching this on video, I have extremely pale skin <laughs> and unless I have a spray tan, God bless spray tans. Um, but there, therefore, because I have really pale skin, dark hair, light eyes, um, I look good in those kinds of colors. And once I found that out, that was a key for me that unlocked why I make the choices that I do in fashion. And whereas I used to feel really disempowered and I was like, man, on some of the days when I just throw an outfit together, I feel my best. And then I really thought this would look cute on me and I put it on, it looks horrible. And the reason for that is because uh, if you try and put me in a bunch of browns and autumn colors or like washed out spring colors, I look terrible. Like just I, I look literally horrible. But you stick like the craziest color of like hot pink or orange or red or super bright cobalt blue on me and, and I rock it, right? Or even the craziest patterns in the world. I have this shirt that has like 500 different colors on it and you stick it on me and it like looks normal, right? Where if you 
put that on other people, it'd look like a couch of just like the craziest, you know, pattern or like a piece of art on them. And you're like, where's the person? This is just like the craziest shirt ever. And I'm like, I'll take it. <laughs> so when I found that out about myself, um, and then I also matched that with the dynamic nature of my big personality, right? Rather than trying to hide that or, you know, explain it away or be this like, soft, demure, like muted person, which God bless y'all who are like that. We need, we need people like that in the world. That just ain't me. Right. And so I was able to take the adjectives of which I described my personality and then take the adjectives of which I felt like described my specific style and then the color scheme together. And together that was able to inform how I show up in my day-to-day life, how I show up for meetings, how I show up for pageants, how I show up for speaking gigs, how I show up on social media. And um, even as you'll see me today, right, I'm wearing like all black and I feel awesome in it. Also, I'm a musician. Some musicians wear black like 24-7. <laughs> but it, it really helped to just give me a, a new level of confidence even where like I knew how to dress myself. I knew why I like to choose certain crazy even like eyeshadow colors where that would look like a clown on somebody else, right? And so I really want to encourage you guys as you're discovering your brand to start with that. And um, when we do that with our Interview Mastery Academy and our powerhouse clients, it's awesome because things just start like light bulbs go off everywhere. And the confidence that just it's like turning a light on in someone's heart and they're like, wow, I, I do have value. I, I do have a brand, even if I feel like I'm an idiot when it comes to fashion, which hello, y'all have heard my story literally still couldn't do makeup till like two years ago. <laughs> it's like at all. And if I brush my hair, it's a good day. I brushed my hair today. Praise the Lord. So that's a little bit about your external aesthetic. Um, I could go into details all day, but that's going to give you a real, some really great momentum, to be honest, um, and getting started. Um, and now let's talk about a little bit more of the inside. So there are four essentials of somebody who really kind of owns their brand. And I would say a, of a charismatic it factor person. So someone who owns their brand, um, and we're talking real people, who are not just hiding behind a pretty aesthetic, but they're secretly broken or horrible people on the inside. Okay. I'm talking about the Jennifer Lawrence ism, right? Of why everyone loves her and why everyone always uses Jennifer Lawrence as an example of like the girl next door who's also secretly really hot when she wants to be, but also looks beautiful without makeup, right? Like that kind of a thing. So how do we embody just like authenticity to our core where everyone's like, oh, I want to be her, even if they're like totally different than you. Okay. And so there are four things. So number one, um, it's somebody who internalize internally feels like they know what they're talking about. So you could be the most passionate person about quilting in the whole world. Um, ironically, Alaska has, I'm pretty sure we have the largest like international quilting museum in the world as well as roller skating. So reasons to come to Nebraska, obviously. Um, but you might have like a really niche field that you have been ridiculed for your whole life or called a nerd, or you're like, no one else is going to care about this, but no one else has to care about it there. I mean, first of all, if you like it, you heard about it from somebody, right? So I don't care if it's manga or I don't care if it's artisanal tea or, you know, whatever the heck your thing is, somebody who rocks the knowledge that they have and owns that space just inherently oozes confidence. Okay. And then somebody, like I said, in the last episode who doesn't pretend like, you know, everything about everything you don't have to, that's called an arrogant, like arrogant person. And so many, so many times my, my girls on, on strategy calls, I'll talk to them and they're like, I'm so afraid coach Megan of being arrogant. And I'm like, well, 
like why like are what what is confident to you who is confident right they'll name some people and we'll actually work through this and we'll typically realize that the depth was rooted in somebody telling them some negative comment a million years ago who was super insecure themselves or wanted to push them down so they could put themselves up on a pedestal and i'm like doesn't mean you're arrogant like yeah we need to mitigate our personality with grace and empathy and things like that and it's not being a know-it-all but somebody who actually like typically knows it all is typically really humble because people people who are really smart um that i've encountered that people that i respect are usually really quiet and really good at listening um so that's my two cents on that but own what you're confident in it's something that um you know when you have knowledge it's easy to write about it it's easy to speak about it and it's really easy to create a brand around it um number two your listeners feel that you know more about the subject than they do so again how are they going to do that you actually talk about it you can't be afraid to talk about yourself you can't be afraid to talk about your accomplishments you can't be afraid to talk about your struggles you can't be afraid to talk about the life experience that you have created from what you've you know what you've been through number three um, it must be apparent that you spent time preparing your subject and analyzing your audience so when it comes to a brand if you have an all-female audience maybe don't talk about super masculine experiences or things that they would not relate to at all right so somebody who owns a brand knows who is before them um and has adequately prepared for the pro the, the process at hand so if you're interviewing at a construction company it's very different than interviewing at a pageant right and you might be the same person who carries the same brand but you will pull out different elements of that brand for a different audience right just like you have a different um, sector of your brand identity for elementary school students than when you're speaking to college students, right? You're the same person, you're authentic in both times, but you're gonna use different language, you're gonna use different words, um, you're gonna use different body language potentially even, you're gonna dress differently. Um, and you might choose a different, you know, jeans and a t-shirt when you're speaking to elementary school students because they're probably gonna be crawling all over you rather than when you speak at a college, you might wear a really nice business suit or a dress or something like that, right? So you're adapting, but it's always you. And you still are, you're identifying with this overarching brand aesthetic, um, but you're changing little elements of things to fit the, the narrative of the current situation. And that's just emotional intelligence as well. Um, and then number four, you're aware of the purpose of your message, okay? So you're not just shoving knowledge down people's throat. You're really aware of like, okay, how is this affecting people? What is my audience going through? Who are they? Where do they come from? And you're not just speaking out of this like arrogant lecturing of people um, with behavior that's honestly like really disagreeable and just kind of like you're acting like a prick kind of um but rather you're you're using empathy and and your personal experience typically the largest area of our knowledge is attached to our personal experience anyways right and so typically what you'll find is people who are fantastic at their brand are willing to kind of level themselves down um, to understanding where they came from. They don't forget where they come from and their communication and their their dialogue is very much somebody that is relatable, right? Not just saying that they're relatable, um, but also like actually relatable and they're willing to be vulnerable and understand the room that they're in. And um, even if they have like initially, maybe even a skeptical audience or people that are totally cold, they know how to warm people up because they have processed the things that they've been through to a certain extent and they're willing to admit that they don't have it all together even though they are extremely knowledgeable people 
So those are, those are four of the main things when it comes to the internal part of it. Um, the last thing that I really want to kind of wrap a bow around this is at the end of the day, somebody who carries a really great brand is likable. And I know that that sounds really vague, um, but there are actually some it factor elements of being likable, which we would categorize under maybe the warmth category of the it factor that you really, really need to build. And if you feel like you're not there yet, I want to encourage you that these are all things that are possible and they're all things that you should just strive to towards, you know, being a good person and being somebody that other people want to be around is like a really useful thing and also a meaningful thing. Like don't, don't set out to become likable just to become likable, like set out to become likable because you want to build these skills and you realize that you might have some work to do on an internal level that will make you a better member of society. It'll make you a better person to your partner. It'll make you a better worker or employee in the workforce. It'll make you a more empathetic human that just contributes more to society. And I think that it's just like a really wonderful thing to pursue, like just in life, right? Like, so don't just want to become likable just to become likable, but do it because it makes the world a better place, right? So here are a couple elements, um, six elements of likability that I think you guys will really take a lot away from. So number one is optimism. Likeable people are full of glass half full and they're, I mean, no one likes to be around the critic. No one likes to be around the cynic people who are just like, you know, all the time. It's fun to be around people who see the world through, um, kind of like just happy, fun glasses. And it doesn't mean that life's perfect. doesn't mean that you're fake, but genuinely they're able to formulate a positive perspective and, and operate with gratitude. Like I want to be around those people all day. Number two, um, they have a concern about the welfare of other people. So they have empathy. They have the ability to not make it all about them all the time, but really, um, and in, in a really practical sense, when it comes to pageantry, I always tell girls, so like, um, when you're competing, right, it's a leadership role. So when I'm telling a story about being a CEO of a seven figure women's empowerment company, right? I can sound like a jerk and shove it down someone's throat and be like, Oh, look how much money I made or this person's made, whatever. Right. Or I can talk about the, why I love what I do and all the lives that I get to impact and specific stories of people and what they've dealt with and how I've gotten to hold their hand when they're crying or they're, they're opening up to me and the, how it's not about a number, but it's that number is attached to a somebody that started working at a coffee shop with like a hundred dollars and making minimum wage with a music degree, like, hello. And I can bring other people along in this journey and be like, oh my gosh, now I've gotten to raise up thousands of other women along the process. And you know how amazing that feels, right? Now, all of a sudden, I'm way more likable. And it's not just hearing about this Joe Schmo that's this rich guy, you know, or whatever, right? Like everybody has struggles all the time. And and part of being successful is taking other people with you. And that makes me likable, right? And I'm really proud of that because I would never, ever, I mean, I don't know, making money where you don't get to impact people, isn't very fun for me, to be honest. <laughs> I just, it's, it's not very fun. Um, and then number three, the ability to see the opportunity in every difficulty. So another thing that I tell people when you're working on your interview, um, learning how to share a story that you've been through and turn it into an opportunity, um, turn it into, but here's what I've learned. And here's what I want you to know about this. Um, that it's like the cookie cutter way of storytelling that will serve you well in your future is literally that point right there showcasing okay here's here's why you should care about the story that i'm telling and also here's like what i learned number four 
Likeability is the ability to handle stress. No one likes to be around somebody that is so up to their eyeballs in stress that they make you stressed, right? Like we call it nervous energy at Powerhouse. I'm like, "Mm -mm, get that anxious energy away from me. No, thank you. Putting a boundary up. Um, Not very likable. Number five, the ability to laugh easily, especially at themselves. So actually, we've talked about this in another podcast and I talk about it in the Interview Mastery Academy as well, but the ability to authentically laugh at yourself um, is actually one of the most connecting and um, like bona fide sign of a leader. So there's a difference between people who laugh at themselves because they're uncomfortable and people who genuinely can make fun of themselves because they they know their isms, right? Like I know that I blow into a room as an eight and need to tone it down sometimes, right? Or I know that as a child, I used to walk in from a day of school and was just chatty Kathy and just interrupted whatever conversation people were having because my story was more important. And I can laugh about that, right? And being able to laugh about that makes me more aware to like blend more and also have like, hey, other people exist and this is not your world and people just live in it. Like we're all in the same world and in the same room. So like read the room, right? And I can laugh about that. But when I don't have self-awareness in that area, then I just kind of making a you know what out of myself and that's not as fun <laughs> like it's not not fun to be embarrassed like that so we learn right and when we learn we can look back at it and and laugh about it and then finally the last thing is the ability to per- perform at your best in crisis and at your humblest in prosperity Whew, like that is a good word that'll preach right there right so the ability to perform at your best while in crisis and at your humblest while in prosperity so Um, they always say that money just makes you more of who you are. And so I think that not think, I know that watching how someone responds to crisis tells you so much about a person, just like watching someone go through stress. Um, I mean, Landon and I even talk about it all the time, right? Because as a business owner, naturally, it's just like some days are up and some days are down and some days it's all of them in like in one day, right? Like you have every emotion as a business owner and it's just like, wow, that was a Tuesday. That was lovely. Like we'll get to date night sometimes and we're just like, it's like six o'clock at night and we're like tired, (laughs) you know, and it's eight o'clock and I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed because you just deal with so much. Right. But we talk about it all the time. We're like, babe, when we're, when we're on the mountaintops one day and when we have achieved some of these dreams in our twenties that, um, we just, when we, when we both started our companies with literally a laptop and dream and, like investing on a credit card for our first mentors and things like that. Um, we have, and even in our relationship, we've been able to see who each other are in crisis and, uh, just watching somebody fare the, the waters of crisis. Well, tells you so much about their character and it makes people so likable when they're able to combine these six things together and still have optimism, still care for other people, still give their last dollar or their shirt off their back to somebody who's in a worse situation to them, um, able to still speak about opportunity in the midst of difficulty. Like I just, that's why I surround myself with those kinds of people that I know that even when they're going through hell, um, they're not faking it. They're not pretending like they're not going through hell, but they still just carry this attitude that makes me just respect the heck out of them, you know? And so just, I want to encourage you guys today, like you do have the ability to have a strong presence, be likable, make an impact, all these things. It's really your magic, magic bullet. You guys, like it is one of the greatest strengths that you could ever give yourself ever. Um, and it doesn't cost any money. It's just perspective, 
you know? So put these six things into your, into your pocket, into your lifestyle, remember them, write them down, listen to this episode a million times. And I know we are here to talk about brand, but y'all know I got to take it deeper or else it just bores me to tears. <laughs> but you have so much inside of you that you can develop to change the world. And it doesn't cost a million dollars. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what family you come from, what background, what side of the tracks you come from. You can make a difference by just choosing the perspective that you live life with every day. And that perspective, that unique set of life experience, your unique set of strengths, opportunities, weaknesses, things that you bring to the table, the world needs to hear because there are specific sheep that are attached to your voice as the shepherd. And there are people that you're going to be able to reach that I will never be able to reach and vice versa. And that's what we all need to be operating in growth and operating at the top of our game because people are hurting and people need leaders out there. And I encourage you as you're developing your brand inside and out, as you're taking these little micro steps every single day, just to continue to ask yourselves these questions and to continue to just make progress. It's not about arriving. It's not about like one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, mm, check, like everything is perfect now. It's it's not how it is, right? Life's a journey. And I think if you can commit yourself to the journey and commit yourself to making progress every day, you will look back six months from now, a year from now, and just be like, dang, I am so not even where I want to be, but I am not where I used to be. And you can be dang proud of that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode learning about brand and also, of course, yourselves as well. And with that, um, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks.